And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're in a series of messages called Focusing on the Important. Focusing on the Important. And today I want to talk to you about the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ, the compassion of our Lord. And we'll start off reading a messianic prophecy that um, Isaiah brought forth. This is from Isaiah 40, verse 11. Turn in your Bibles, turn on your, in your phones or your tablets, whatever you're using. Isaiah 40, verse 11. This is the New King James Version. It says this, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm. He'll gather them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And then from 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the last part of the verse, the second part of the verse says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil of the devil. Let's just bow our heads and, and pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives life. It gives understanding to the simple. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everybody in this house, everybody watching on television, everybody listening in other parts of the, of the campus by television right now, God, I pray that everybody would hear the voice behind my voice. I thank you today, Jesus, for meeting with us and showing forth your glory. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. And everybody says amen. 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 In 1988, some producers in Hollywood released a film called The Last Passion of the Christ. And that film depicted Jesus as a weak, confused, insecure man who didn't know what he was about, who struggled with his mission in life, who was unsure about who he was. But dear ones, when I read the Bible, Jesus was not a timid 99-pound weakling. I believe that when Jesus walked into the room, people took notice. And my Bible tells me that Jesus knew he was the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus knew he was fully God and fully man. Jesus knew what his mission was and his mission was to give his life as the ransom for the entire world. Not only that, he came to destroy the works of the devil. And not only does Jesus want us to place our faith in him and trust his shed blood so we can make heaven our home, but Jesus said, I want you to have some heaven to go to heaven and in, I've come that you can have life and that you can have life more abundantly. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus came to touch lives. Jesus came to change people. How many of you have been touched by the power of God? Let me just see your hands. You say, yes, I have been touched. I know what the power of God is. I've been touched by it. Well, Jesus told his disciples to pray. He says, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, pray your kingdom come. You see, the kingdom is a coming kingdom. One day, Jesus is going to appear on a white horse and every eye is going to see him. Okay, he is coming back. 
But not only is the kingdom coming, the kingdom is here now. Jesus proclaimed his favorite sermon was, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the terms kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are used interchangeably in the gospels. Jesus said the kingdom is at hand. Paul said, Romans 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, is peace, and is joy in the Holy Ghost. You can't see the kingdom of God with your naked eye, but you can see the kingdom of God with the eyes of your spirit man. You can actually be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And we said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many of you know God's will is done always in heaven? He says, but you and I've got to contend. See, last night there were some bad things that happened to good people. And those were not necessarily God's will. Because God's will is not always done on earth. So we've got to pray and contend. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will is that every person on the face of the earth be touched and be changed and to be set free and be delivered by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Let's look at this together. It says, when he, when Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes. Why were all the people following Jesus? Have you never noticed how hot it gets here in the summertime? When you were a kid, weren't you always glad to see the ice cream truck come by? Man, I've seen people just follow the ice cream truck all through the streets of Tallahassee because they're seeking refreshment and they're seeking some relief from the heat. I'm not likening Jesus unto an ice cream truck. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the king of the universe. Jesus is the ruling, reigning monarch of all that exists. He is our Lord and he's our savior. But when somebody offers something that people need, that people want, they're going to flock after it. And Jesus came down from the mountain and the Bible says that the multitudes flocked over him. In fact, the people had this to say. They said, nobody's ever talked like this man they turned to jesus and said you have the words of eternal life and jesus himself said my words they are spirit and my words they are life jesus looked at that woman at the well in john 4 and he says if you knew who i was you'd ask of me I've asked you for a drink of the water that you're bringing up right now with your bucket. But if you knew who I was, you'd ask of me and I'd give you living water. In John chapter 7, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. And he says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being is going to flow. Not a trickle. Not just a few drops. But he said, a river. A river of living water. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 1 verse 40. It says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, saying to him, If you are willing, 
you can make me clean. Isn't that the question a lot of us ask? Lord, if you're willing, you can take care of this problem I've got. Lord, if you're willing, you can help me to prosper. God, if you're willing, you can help me through this situation. If you're willing, you can help heal this relationship. If you're willing. That's the question the whole world asks. Look at verse 42, 40, 41. Then Jesus Say these three words with me. Moved with compassion. Say it again. Moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and he touched him. Now that's very significant. Because according to the law of Moses, you didn't touch lepers. You didn't get close to them. In fact, when a leper came into your presence, the leper had to shout unclean. Unclean because it was a highly contagious disease. But Jesus wasn't afraid to touch the leper. He's not afraid to touch people today. I don't care how far down and out you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care about the shame that may follow you through life. I'm telling you, there's one who will set you free and he's not afraid to touch you. See, Jesus understood, he understood that the clean can make the unclean clean. He reached out and he touched him and look at what he said. The man had asked, if you're willing, isn't that our question so many times, Lord, if you're willing, look at his answer. He's moved with compassion. He touches him. He says, I am willing, be cleansed. I'm glad Jesus didn't say, I'm not willing. I want you to be sick for two more years. I'm glad he didn't look at him and say, you know, I really don't want you to, to, to be healed. I want you to suffer and maybe it'll cause you to draw closer to me. I'm, I'm glad he, he didn't say no, no, I want this leprosy to teach you a lesson. I'm not going to heal you. That's not what he said. He says, I am willing He said, be cleansed. Everybody look at me. I want you to hear this. We serve a God that's more than willing to save to the uttermost. He's more than willing to heal. He's more than willing to deliver. He's more than willing to make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. He's more than willing to meet your every need. He's more than willing for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He's more than willing for you to reign in this life through abundance of grace and the gift of Christ Jesus. He's more than willing to work in your life according to his grace and according to his purposes. Jesus said in verse 41, look at it again. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing to be cleansed. See, see, sometimes we get compassion and we get sympathy all confused. You see, when you show sympathy to somebody, you're saying, I understand how you feel and I feel sorry for you. But when you show compassion, you go beyond saying, I understand how you feel and you say, I feel what you feel. And I'm not willing just to listen to you, but I want to help you do something to get out of this situation. I want to help you to make your life better. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion for this man. I believe that that means that Jesus physically felt what it was like to have leprosy. See, leprosy 
thank God it's, it's not a disease that we struggle with in this world, nation. But in other parts of the world, it's, making, it's coming back. And leprosy is like a cancer, where cancer eats you up on the inside. Leprosy eats you on the outside. And it's not unusual for lepers to be missing fingers because literally the fingers will rot off and their hands will rot off. Their arms will rot off. Their ears, their noses. They say there's a terrible stench. You can always tell when you're around a leper because of the smell. But Jesus, He doesn't care what you smell like this morning. Fellas, the fact that you put on Aramis this morning does not impress the Lord. The fact, ladies, that you've got your, your uh, happy on this morning, or you got your beautiful this morning, or you got, what is all that stuff that Kristen likes? <laughs> I don't even think Jesus held his nose when he reached over and touched that leper. I believe he just says, I am willing, because Jesus felt the pain of the leprosy. He felt the pain and the rejection that this man had to leave his wife and his kids and move into a leper's colony. Folks, they didn't get government assistance. There was no workers' compensation for them. They lived because some people would set out food and clothing for them, and they would be able to go get it periodically. Jesus felt the pain. He felt the poverty of this man. He felt what it was like. And He says, I don't like it. I want to do something about it. Jesus knows where you are today. He knows what you're going through. He sees your pain, and you are not alone. And though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not by yourself. He walks with you. And He talks with you. One of the things that, 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 that I love about Jesus is He didn't walk around with His nose in the air looking down and judging other people. Everybody look at me. There was a time when I was much younger that I would walk around with my nose in the air and I thought I was better than some people because of a whole lot of reasons. But I thought I was better than them. And I became a pastor and I began to pray. And folks, I prayed this prayer hundreds and thousands of times. There are two things I asked the Lord to do. I said, God, number one, you got to give me a pastor's heart. you got to give me a shepherd's heart. And number two, I said, Lord, would you break my heart? with the things that break your heart. I prayed that hundreds and hundreds of times. Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened. I kept asking and seeking and knocking in faith. And I'll never forget the day. It was at the conclusion of a service. I was praying for somebody, and I was a young pastor. I was praying for somebody, and suddenly I felt what they were feeling on the inside, I felt such pain, and I burst out in tears, and I couldn't, it was uncontrollable, I couldn't stop crying, because I felt the pain of this person. That's what it means to be moved with compassion. I've discovered that when you're moving in compassion, you're just not going to walk around with your nose in the air. You're not going to look down at anybody. When you feel His compassion, you'll feel a brokenness and you'll, you'll begin to weep and you'll start seeing the world and you'll start seeing people the way 
God sees people. Folks, when I was pastoring in Chicago, I would find myself sometimes driving through the neighborhoods of the North Shore. And some of those neighborhoods are very wealthy. And I'd find myself driving down the road just weeping. Weeping for the lost. Weeping for people who thought they had it all together and they could hide behind a big house. But the incidents of alcoholism and drug abuse were just as high there as they were anywhere else. You can't buy happiness. Come on, you can't buy peace of mind and peace of heart. You can't buy a child that's doing what they're supposed to do. Come on. That only comes from Jesus. I would find myself weeping. Since we've been here now for 14 years, I sometimes will be driving through the streets of Tallahassee and I'll find myself weeping for the lost. Weeping. 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 It's not that I want to weep. It's just I can feel God's compassion for people. While we were pastoring up in Illinois, we were often worked with soup kitchens and with outreach programs in inner city Chicago. And there have been times that I would get out of my car and I'd be driving to this, I'd be walking to the soup kitchen, but I would have to literally step over men and women who were alcoholics and they'd be lying on the sidewalk. I'd have to step over men and women who were drug addicts and be lying on the sidewalk. And I know there was a time in my life I would have said, this is such a shame. The city should do something about this. But I'm going to tell you something. When the compassion of Jesus starts working in your heart, it's no longer the city should do something about this. It's no longer our tax dollars should do something about this. I've stepped over men and I've stepped over women. And I thought, Jesus, except for your grace, this could be me lying right here. God, I know I deserve eternity and death. I deserve eternity separated from you except for your grace. Lord Jesus, help me to do something about it. Help me, Lord God, not to curse the darkness and say, well, there's nothing we can do, but help me to light a candle. Help me to make a difference. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You can't make a difference for everybody. You can't be loved with skin on for everybody. But there is somebody. I said there is somebody you can make a difference for. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10, Jesus told a story. He says, there's a man. This man had been doing business in Jerusalem and he was a businessman. And he was taking this journey down to Jericho. And the reason it says down is because if you've never been to the Holy Land, Jerusalem is up in the mountains. They call it the city set on a hill. Jerusalem is up. Jericho is down. Jericho is down by the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point, lowest place on the, on, on the planet Earth. Something like 800 feet below sea level, something like that. So when you go from Jerusalem, 17 miles down to Jericho, it is down, down, down. You go around hairpin turns, and it says there were some robbers that waylaid this businessman. And they stripped him of his clothes, and they beat him up, left him half dead. They stole everything he owned, and here he is lying in the ditch. And Jesus said, a priest came by, and the priest looked at that man and said, I don't think I want to get involved. Let somebody else do it. And then 
a Levite walked by, and we don't have Levites today, but we got deacons, amen? The deacon walked by, and the deacon said, I don't think, I don't think I want to get involved. And then came a despised Samaritan. Samaritans were considered half-breeds by the Jews. They were part Assyrian and part Jewish. The Jews despised them. And the Samaritans stopped. And the Samaritan poured some oil and some wine as a disinfectant on that man's body. He cleaned him up. He bandaged him up. He put him on his donkey. He took him to the, to the inn. He said, here, take care of this man. Make sure he eats good. Make sure that he's got all his needs supplied. Take care of his wounds. When I come back from Jerusalem, I will pay you even more. Just take good care of him. I'm so glad that Jesus poured the oil and the wine into my soul. I'm so glad he put the disinfectant all over me. I'm so glad for the Holy Ghost disinfectment and disinfectment, disinfectant. I'm so glad for the blood of Jesus. I'm so glad that God didn't leave me beat up and dead and dying on the road to Jericho. I'm so glad he had mercy. I'm so glad he had compassion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Again, sympathy says, I know how you feel, but sits and does nothing. Compassion says, I feel exactly what you feel. And then compassion acts. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and he says, I have, say it, I have compassion on the multitude because they've now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. Folks, before Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes, before he took a little boy's Happy Meal and fed 5,000, he was first moved with compassion. Let me share with you a little secret here. Many times when God moves in your heart with compassion for somebody, it's because he wants to do a miracle through you. Many times, I've, I've watched it over the years, I can be laying hands on people and praying for people. But when I feel that compassion of Jesus, many times it's a trigger. And I'll pause because many times God may want to encourage them through a word of wisdom or through a word of knowledge or through a prophetic word. It may be that God wants to visit them in some way. I'm telling you, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Listen to the Spirit of God and listen to your own heart. Matthew chapter 20, verses 30 through 34. It says, And behold, two men sitting by the road, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Son of David. So Jesus stood still and he called them he says what do you want me to do for you they said lord that our eyes might be open verse 34 
So Jesus had what? Something inside Jesus moved for these men. He felt what they were feeling. And he touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Let me share with you real quickly three ways that you can cultivate compassion in your own life, in your own heart. Three ways you can cultivate the compassion of Jesus. Number one, ask God for the grace to never look down on others. One day, Simon Peter was was a little bit of Pharisee was coming out of Simon Peter. A little bit of religious pride was coming out of Peter. And he came to Jesus. He said, Lord, if my brother or my sister sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? And Peter reached for a big number because he thought Jesus is really going to be impressed with me. He said, should I forgive seven times? And he was thinking, well, Jesus will say, oh, no, Peter, not that many times, maybe three times. (laughs) Remember Jesus' answer? He said, Peter, not seven times, but seven times, 70, 490 times a day. Now, somebody had just done Peter wrong. And real forgiveness is a whole lot more than just saying the words, I forgive you. Real forgiveness is actually taking assessment and saying, you know, this person injured me. This person hurt me. Those words hurt me. What they did has hurt me. It's caused pain in my life. But you know what? I'm going to let them go. I'm going to tear up the notes of indebtedness. I'm going to tear up the IOU. I'm going to pray they never get found out. I'm going to pray that God blesses them. I'm going to pray that they never suffer because of what they've done done because i can tell you something if you say i forgive you but god's going to get you you hadn't fully forgiven (laughs) come on we've got to forgive as god in christ forgave us and when you and i repent of our sins god doesn't say okay i've forgiven you but he doesn't hold them over your head come on he doesn't say don't you do this again what did jesus say to the woman taken in adultery He said, woman, go and sin no more. And real forgiveness is forgiving even as God in Christ has forgiven us. So somebody's treated Peter wrong. Do you know what I think Peter did that day? I think it was breakfast time and Peter saying, I forgive you. 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 It's mid-morning. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. It's lunchtime now. Peter's still saying, I forgive you. 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 It's supper time. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. It's time to go to bed. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Peter wakes up the next morning. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Hallelujah. Do you get the point? Folks, we've got to ask God for the grace to never look down on other people. See, there are two marks of a Christian. You say, I'm a follower of Christ. Okay, there are two marks of a real Christian. You are giving and you are forgiving. Oh, I've tried over here. Two marks of a Christian. You are giving and you are forgiving. Number two, how are you going to cultivate compassion in your own heart? Pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and do a work on the inside of me? In fact, let's just pray that, that, that that first line together. Just say this, Holy Spirit. 
come and do a work on the inside of me. Say it again. Holy Spirit, come and do a work on the inside of me. Help me to forgive and forgive me for having a hard and callous heart towards other people. Lord, forgive me for having a hard and a callous heart towards other people. And then we need to just say, Holy Spirit, break my heart with the things that break the heart of God. Break my heart with the things that break the heart of Jesus. May I look at this life through the lens of Jesus. May I look at this world through the lens of God. The problem is that there's some people, they're never moved by the by the hurts and the pains of other people. They're never moved by the problems of other people until that pain makes its way into their life or into their family. And then it becomes an issue. Then they'll, Pastor, I got to talk to you. I got to talk. It doesn't matter that somebody else has been going through that for, for years and years and you've turned a deaf ear. Now it's a big problem. Folks, Jesus knows exactly what you're feeling today he knows what you're going through and he's touched by the feelings of your infirmities hebrews 4 verse 15 the new international version like the way it says this for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin there's nothing that you're going through that jesus hasn't been through there's nothing you're going through that hundreds and thousands of other people aren't going through right now at this moment jesus understands he feels compassion for you he says i'm not going to leave you i'm not going to forsake you so don't you leave me number three Receive the mercy and the compassion of Jesus for your own life. So important. And I ask you, have you received God's mercy? Have you received, have you actively received His grace and His compassion? Look at verse 16 of Hebrews 4. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. I'm just telling you, saints, God knows everything you're going through. He knows every temptation. He knows every fault you're struggling with. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't judge you. He's moved by the feelings of your infirmity and he's moved with compassion for you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to work in your life. He wants to turn that situation around. He wants to make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. And you know what? I'm so glad that 2,000 years ago, compassion acted. I'm so glad that 2,000 years ago that Jesus died on the cross for me and died for you. And he took my sins and he took your sins. I'm so glad that he went into the grave, but the grave couldn't hold him. I'm so glad for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that he sent the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that on the cross, Jesus proclaimed, it is finished. Hallelujah. If you need the Lord today, don't you fight him. Just throw up your hands and say, Jesus, I surrender. I need your grace. Jesus, I surrender. I need you. I want you. I got to have you. I surrender. I surrender. Hallelujah. 
just bow your heads and close your eyes. You'd say, Terrell, today, I just need to surrender to God. I need to surrender to Jesus. I'm tired of fighting it. I'm tired of, 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 of trying to be my own person and go my own way. I need the grace of Jesus. I know he's having compassion on me right now. I need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you today, just slip up your hand and leave it up until I see it. Terrell, today I need the compassion of Jesus. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Today I need the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Yes. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? I need the compassion. I need the compassion. I need the grace. I need the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody else in this room? I need the compassion. Yes, thank you. Put your hand on anybody else. I need the mercy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I need the compassion. I need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I need the compassion. Yes, thank you. You can put your arm down. Yes, thank you. I need the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Yes, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? I need the compassion. I need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 If you raised your hand, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you just to get up from where you're standing and come and join us right down here. We're going to celebrate communion, but first we want to take care of this. Just get up from where you're standing all over this room. All over this room. Some of you have known the Lord for for years. But right now, you say the Spirit of God is ministering to me. And I know I need the compassion of Jesus. Come on. You raised your hand. Come on and join us right now. All over the room. Come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, every person that Jesus called, He called publicly. He called publicly because we're publicly saying, you know what, I just need your compassion, Lord. That's it. Come on, sweetheart. Come on. There's a whole lot more of you that raised your hands. Come on. You're not saying I'm not a believer. You're not saying anything other than, hey, I need the compassion of Jesus in my life. I want the compassion of the Lord in my life. I need his grace and I need his mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to wait for just a minute. I'm going to ask the altar team members just to slip out, if you will, and, and kneel and pray with these. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need the compassion of the Lord. I need the mercy of Jesus. I need His grace in my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. 
We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.